In this episode, you're going to learn how to ask better questions for your podcast. And in order to do that, we will be talking about some super sensitive topics that are covered in the media and how our media is failing us because they're not asking more questions. We're talking Trump, COVID, George Floyd, and more. For quick context, myself and my guest have more than 30 years of news coverage experience. And the reason why I'm doing this episode like this is it's part of my deeper purpose as a coach and a mentor is to bridge the communication gap between the right and the left. So to be crystal clear, this is not a debate, this is not to cause controversy, bat the hornet's nest, whatever you want to call it. This episode is for educational purposes only, to help you think critically, and to ask more questions. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by a former TV news anchor and reporter with more than 20 years of experience. Plus, he's got the best hair on TV still. Rick Dancer, <laughs> what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Thomas? Nice to see you. I know. So, it's it's great. We were both in the same market together back in the Eugene days. And um, and then when you left, you kind of came and worked with me on some on a TV show for a little bit until you got your new gig, and that was fun. But um, we've seen a lot of changes, haven't we? Yeah, we definitely have. Uh, we were both in broadcast news, like I said, and I'm not trying to date you, by the way, but you have way more experience than I do. But it's just weird how the evolution of media has changed. And we're going to get to that real quick. But I want to just for people who don't know who you are, uh, like, because I know people are like, well, how credible is he? Like, I can hear it now. <laughs> no so, credibility like, at all. <laughs> zero. So how did you get started in news? Um, man, it was 1985. Um, were you even born yet? I'm 86. <laughs> so you, I was still in the womb while you were you just, were still in the womb just crushing it. Yeah. I got a, I got a job in Coos Bay, Oregon, um, as a reporter. And, uh, back in the day we were carrying a huge camera and a big three quarter inch deck and you had both those on and you were out shooting your stories. And so I was the anchor there, um, and then moved to Eugene in 87, and then I was an anchor there until 2008. So it just kind of was the main anchor at KZI for many years, a weekend anchor at KVAL, another station in town for a couple of years prior to that. And then I ran for Secretary of State, and then I started my own TV show. And then when Facebook started doing live, I started doing live. And now I'm doing video podcasts on uh, on different services, and uh, clients pay me to do that kind of stuff. So it's super fun. Um and it keeps me and plus I can say whatever I want now because I don't have to be Rick Dancer. <laughs> and and do how many people I think we've even had this conversation before, but how many is that that is your real name, right? Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's my real name. I was yeah. born Rick Dancer. Um yeah, so no, it wasn't people used to always ask me, so is that your TV name? Because a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. Is is Thomas Jordan yours? Yeah, yeah. It's my first and middle name because my last name no one could pronounce or spell coincidentally enough, I almost like I joked around with my friends because I my first gig was weather. So I was going to be Thomas Skies and my last name is, you know, whatever. So it almost like lines up with it. But I just I don't like being fake. So I, I couldn't do it. Plus, Thomas Jordan just rolls off the tongue. And right. then, but, yeah, my, my middle name, my actual name's Richard Evans Dancer. And I kind of after I got into this for so long, I wish I'd gone by Richard Evans 
because then I could still be Rick Dancer because you know how you lose that. You still have your last name. But for me, it was always everything was Rick Dancer, Rick Dancer, Rick Dancer. Mm -hmm. It's like, where am I? (laughs) You know? So if I had, if people came up and said, hey, it's Rick Evans, then I could go, okay, those are TV people. And if somebody knew Rick Dancer, then it would be. But, you know, hey, it's all worked out. So, and Christmas time, I get hassled about being one of the reindeer. So, you know, that's fine. I can can, can live with it. The rest of the time, it's, I did have to appeal Facebook when I first signed up because they thought I was starting a male dancer site because it was Rick Dancer and they did it <laughs> wouldn't let me have it they thought it was like some porn thing or something you know and I had to write it and say no this is really my name this is really who I am <laughs> you know, yeah. come on. but when you were starting though and you were talking about these like big cameras and stuff like that did you I mean how how was it was it as I guess, I don't know, because I I interviewed somebody else who worked for CNN, and she was telling me that at one point, a lot of news stations were reluctant to put certain reporters on TV because they didn't want people to be focused on the person. They wanted to be focused on the story and the facts and what was going on. I didn't know if you I didn't know if you heard anything like that. No, when I was in there, it's always been kind of a looks-based kind of thing. But I think unless you're like some, I think I remember in our market in Eugene, you'd have some guy or woman come in that were just super, super good looking and people didn't take them seriously. So I always figured that I was just hopefully above average and, you know, <laughs> you know, you know and it was, it was appealing, but it wasn't like, you know, anything like that. But, but back then too, remember when we were on TV, you couldn't do that with your hair. I couldn't have a beard. No. Uh, I've had some wild haircuts that, you know, people kind of are I'm known for that now. And back in the day, it was, you know, pretty standard anchor hair and, you know, look like you took it off at night and set it over here and put it back on when you came to work. So that, yeah, I don't think that was ever really a problem. And I, and I always kind of focused on stories that were important and on people, you know? So I think people took me pretty seriously for, I, I remember being there though, back before you were there. Um, and they had a consultant, which I like to call insultants. Um, they're not really consultants, they're insultants. And he said, get rid of him. So they came to me for, um, as the main anchor and said, you're, um, we're going to look for somebody new. And for a year, I anchored the news while I knew they were looking for somebody else. It was horrible. And then they came, they had a new consulting firm come in. People walked in the door, did the research and came in and said, no, his, that guy's Q rating is through the roof. You're going to pay him more money. And then you're going to apologize to him for what you did this year. And all the managers had to sit in a meeting and a desk and sit there and say they were sorry for what they did. No, you got a verbal apology from your news director and all the managers. Yep. Because they needed to keep me because I was bringing in the numbers and they treated me like crap. And this consultant said for him to be able to do this job, he's never going to trust you unless you guys apologize to him. And so they had to apologize to me. So it's interesting. It was awesome. I was going to say, how did that feel when they were just like eating (laughs) crow? Well, and all of, and and you could see the managers, you know, like sales managers and people that their head down, they could hardly look at you. And I walked out of that room and I was like, used to be six, two. And now I'm six, five. (laughs) <laughs> that's the thing I don't think. And that's, what's funny is I don't think a lot of people realize that because something very similar happened to me in my first market. Granted, I came in because I was doing like before I, my first gig, I mean, I was covering like for my first demo reel, 
I, I was covering like nightclub events and stuff, so I could be me. So I was really good on camera. But as soon as I got there, all that went out the window because they're like, ah, you can't do that. <laughs> you know. So I was like a deer in headlights and I was horrible for like at least six or eight solid months. It was just bad. Um, but then our there's three weather guys. The morning guy quit. The main guy went on vacation for like three months. So I was like literally doing morning show, afternoon show and night sleeping at the station. I always used to say borderline illegal, a hundred percent illegal. Like, and it is no taping. Everything was live. It was ridiculous, but I, they hired. Yeah. Yeah. It's the experience, right? Yeah, dude. So I mean, but they did the same thing. Cause I was, they hired me on for mornings and they bumped the morning guy, but then they brought the morning guy back. And then I was trying to get back on mornings when he quit and they did the same thing. They kept bringing in people, but they're like, you know, if you keep doing a good job, we may put you back on mornings. Yeah. And Never I think that's, I know you, you teach, you know, people how to do podcasts and stuff. And I think that's one of the best pieces of advice is, when people can, um, and I say be yourself with limitations, you know, you, you don't want to be a smart ass and, and do all that kind of stuff, but but being um, being true to who you are. Because I think a lot of people, when they start off in doing podcasting or television, that <laughs> I can't tell the story because the person might actually find this, but I have someone contact me recently and they had a name. I can't, I can't even go. Yeah, the, the, their fine. image of who they were, I'm going you don't even have an audience. You have no one doing this and you're going to call yourself that. I mean, it's, it's like you have to start humbly and, 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 you know, to make people relate to you, um, to get them, you can't make them to get them to relate to you, you have to be real. And that's why I call my show after 30 years in the news business is get real with Rick dancer, because it's like, you know what, that guy's gone. <clears throat> and now, I, I don't have to be fair. I can, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. And that's why people like it because it's not, you know, you don't have to agree with me. I could, please don't, you know, people come on. I had a lady one time she came on, she said to another, they're commenting and she says, um, she goes, I just don't like you. And this other lady came on and commented on her. She goes, I never did either, but you get used to them and you kind of, kind of grows on you. Mm-hmm. And I, thought, I thought, there you go. That's exactly what I want. I, I want to be somebody that grows on you, but doesn't, you know, it sometimes just repulses you. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, but it's weird. I don't know if this is like you, because I feel like people think if they go, if they have a broadcasting background, then they go to podcasting or YouTube or whatever, you know, whatever you start doing. People like to swear. I don't know. I've always just, I swear outside of TV, but when I'm on camera, I just, I, I do it sometimes, but it's nothing like, it's just weird to me. I don't know. I've that has just been ingrained in me since I was I, in it for so long. See, I kind of, I throw ass. <laughs> Did you get, no, because it's so long after 30 years of not being able to. And there's sometimes I just get, some, what I, I just don't give it. I'll throw it out there and I'll get, we just did recently a survey and somebody wrote on there, why do you have to throw out elf bombs? And I said, think of it as an adjective. <laughs> so I don't, I don't recommend that to people, but it's also sometimes for reality's sake, when you're sitting there going, you see so many things going on right now that are just, you know, and and that's the only word I can find to describe what it is. <laughs> you know, it's just mm. effed up. <laughs> <laughs> 
But man, like, I don't want to get too, I, I kind of want to talk about like just that your experience with the evolution, the evolution of mm-hmm. the news business, because like I said, like you were talking, you used to have the big cameras you used to, I believe, did you ever have like a field producer and a sound guy with the boom? Was that, cause that was how it used to be. And then everyone was like MMJ, which multimedia journalists were, you're literally doing all of those jobs. Right. I When I first started, <clears throat> I was at a small station, so it was me. I was a cameraman, the editor, the news anchor, the reporter, everything. But that was only because I was at a small market. Then when I went to Eugene, um, you had photographers. So I went out, I did the reporting, I anchored, they edited, they shot the video. So you had a team of two. And then when I started getting fed up with it around 2007, six, seven, uh, that's when they started going, the new news director came in and we're going to go to one man bands. So you're going to go out and shoot everything yourself, come back, edit it, and then go out. And I was going to go anchor the news and stuff. So that's when I started seeing the end. Now, what's so funny about that Thomas, is that I was like, I'm not doing that. And then what did I do? I started my own TV show where I did, I did hire a photographer, but I ended up shooting a lot of stuff. And now I shoot a ton of stuff for myself. And I enjoy it. And, you know, I started doing a travel series for a while. My wife and I were doing a travel series with Toyota uh, for about three years. And we shot everything and I edited everything. I got really fast at it, but I'd laugh because I go, um, this is what I was griping about. <laughs> you know? Because they do, it was the same stories. It's gloom and doom the entire right. time. Whether well, somebody's house is burning down or some gas main exploding or fracking, it's like, holy crap. So here's the thing, in my opinion, that hasn't changed. Um, I think even when I was in the business, there was a lot of focus on negative and there was a lot of um, <clears throat> more liberal focus. Now, not like today. Today is way worse. But back then, you even I mean, there was like three people that were more conservative in our newsroom and everybody else was more liberal. And my, I remember one of my news directors saying, well, that's why we have you three to keep us you know, balanced. So how is that balanced when you have three people versus 20? And I'm not saying you should ever look at people's politics when you hire them. But it was like, I remember, because I was a little more conservative, that my um, my news director wouldn't let me cover certain stories. But there was we had a woman on our staff who was very pro, um, pro-choice. I was a little more pro-life. I could never do any stories on abortion, but she did all of them. And she went to rallies. I never went to a rally. She was like... In, in with these people, like friends with these people. And so to me, that was like a really conflict, a very big conflict of interest. And that was going on back in when I was in the business. I mean, you didn't say anything about it and, and it wasn't as blatant as it is now, but it was there, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, I remember a time when Lisa Burch and I were the only two conservative people in the whole newsroom and we would just sit there and you'd, you'd see stuff come over your desk. And I remember, I remember when Rodney King, um, a black guy in, in LA, got beat up, mm-hmm. and they would the show that video. Thing. Yep. They showed that video over and over and over again, but they wouldn't show somebody in a fishing story banging the fish on the head like you do to kill it when you're done. And then they were had to, they were milking them like fertilizing them, so they're basically the eggs come out, and then they take the male and they basically make him yeah. get sperm on the eggs. They wouldn't show that because, but they'll show, you know. Somebody being beat of, to all death. Kinds, all kinds of racy other stuff. And you think, what, what, what is that? 
you know, it made absolutely no sense to me. But and that was back, you know, in the 90s and the early 2000s that yeah. you saw that start creeping in. But nothing like today. If yeah. I was if you and I were doing our job right now, yeah, right now. But if we had done what they do now, what the legacy media does now back then, we would have been fired. Easy. The news director would have called you in and said, you need, to cover, you need to cover both sides of the story. Even though they were more liberal, they, they would have never done what they're doing now. And, you know, when I see what happened yesterday or whenever you're going to air this, but what happened this week um, with with the uh, Elon Musk turning over the, the evidence, uh, this information that's, that shows it was collusion between the government, the FBI and and social media. It's and, insane. And none or few of the legacy media are even covering it. They're saying very little about it. That is a huge story. And yet today, now Trump comes up, his whole team is found, to, uh, the team they call it is found guilty of of something. Uh, there was a, you know, a case where tax evasion or something like that. Everybody's broadcasting the next day. So here's something anti-Biden that they won't even talk about. And now, oh, here's another Trump thing. And it's so obvious. And I'm not a Trumper and I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly not a Biden fan, but, but you have to be fair with this. And that's why I think the media wonders why. Uh, I, I don't even know if they take time to wonder why their numbers are crap. Well, and you, you, nobody's mm-hmm. watching because they don't trust them. And and I was having a, a friend, I was talking to a friend the other day and he's a, a big businessman. And I said, Rick, the only thing you have to market is credibility and trust. He says, that's what people are looking for right now. They're dying for credibility and trust, which ties in nicely with your podcast team, folks who are watching, is if your audience doesn't trust you, it doesn't mean they have to they have to agree with you. I got a bunch of people on my page who hate me, who do not like me, do not agree with me, but they keep hanging around. So they obviously trust me to give my opinion of what I'm doing. And I obviously have credibility or they'd walk away. Um and so you, as long as you have that and you stay true to who you are, I think that's that's the game. That's the name of the game. Yeah, man, it's it's so weird because I I'll be honest, I only got into news to get into entertainment news because I wanted to work at E. Okay, I remember and I was like, that. You yeah, told me and that. I, yeah, and did, did I tell you I got in trouble? I got in trouble for like preaching this to people. Like I had this sports guy pull me aside. He's like, "Dude, you got to stop crapping on small town markets and like, oh, this is your stepping stone before L.A. Like we're getting a little tired of it." And I'm like, "Dude." Why are you guys still in this market? Like you guys all have 10 years of experience. Why aren't you in Arizona? Why aren't you in LA? What are you doing? Right. That's a whole nother story. But um, when I got to L or just because I was in Colorado first, so I was in Grand Junction and it, it just politics wasn't what it is today. Like no one it there I wouldn't have even cared. I remember like even girls I dated, they're like, I'm Democrat. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like right. I do whatever. But as soon as I went to LA and then 2016 rolled around, I mean, it was like, I call it the Jerry Springer effect because back in the day, I still need to get a little deep on more uh, specific details on dates and times and what actually. So there was Jerry Springer. Sally, Jesse, Raphael, Ricky Lake, uh, 
Jenny Mori, Jones, Lori Povich, Movi Mori, right? And, and, this, I, went, and the, I went on his show. You'll have to tell me that in a second. Okay, just, okay. yeah. <laughs> or are you the father? It's a very deep, a very low point in my life. No, yeah. there's a reason. I'll tell you. Yeah. So they're all competing for the same ratings because it's the same con- Oprah. Like you're still, it's the same format. Like the host is walking around asking questions. And then Jerry Springer one day has like neo-Nazis on or something. And then somebody throws the chair, hits somebody and the, the ratings spike or however they, I don't know how they track the ratings for midday TV, but there was that spike. And then it's like, oh, this is working. So then now every other episode, Jerry, Jerry, and their ratings are going through the roof because it's complete trash and they're like fighting on camera. And I mean, Maury, I mean, I was still a kid and I remember sort of watching it. I vaguely remember, but it's not this whole, you're not the father thing. Like he jumped on the Jerry Springer train too. And then all the other shows died because that was, that was the thing to watch. And that's what's happening now. But with the whole, this politics thing, like it's a lot of, I don't, maybe it's just me. I see a lot of fear mongering. I see a lot of race baiting and I see it's all political, man. And it is just who, if you say you are pro one or the other, you're just, it's your, it's a verbal, it's you're picking a fight. I have never seen so many people that scream about hate. Mm that hate on my pages. You know what I mean? Like, come on and say, when COVID was going on, somebody came out, because I was real vocal about, we need more evidence, we need more information. I wasn't saying don't do this. I'm just saying we need more information. And um, and people would come on and say, I hope you and your family get COVID and die. Yep. I mean, that's, that's really... So you know what I used to do? <laughs> so I used to go, hey, can you go on your front yard and see if you have one of those choose kindness uh, signs in your front yard? Because you might want to take it down because I think you overshot today. And oh my God, they'd get so mad because <laughs> you're calling but, them out. Yeah. And that's the thing. We could, I mean, I could spew facts till you're, till I'm right. blue in the face and it's everybody, I call it, everyone looks at life and their situation and their beliefs through a certain lens and everyone's got a line. And sometimes when you hear people talk, sometimes it's like, wait, you preach one thing, but then kind of like what you were saying, like, oh, be kind to everybody. And then it's like F Trumpers. It's like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's be nice to everybody, except if they like Trump. Yeah. Be nice to everybody, except if they support, um, this this issue or that issue so they we've taken everything and it's not about relationship or human being or having a conversation i was listening to jordan peterson this morning and he has an episode out um, where he's talking to a scientist who the, the, the episode's about covid and it's basically the origins of covid it's fascinating i highly recommend it to anyone um but they were talking about this this no longer having conversations and it's like a religion it's like remember when you didn't talk about religion because people can i mean people can take a bible verse or a verse out of the Mormon book, Book of Mormon or whatever, and make it say whatever they want. You can't mm-hmm. fight it because for every verse you give me, I can find one to counter yours. And that's how it is now between conservatives and liberals. You can't have a conversation because, nope. but hey, let's get back to the media thing. That's part of the problem is a lot of my more liberal people watching me don't even know yesterday that Elon Musk put that information out. 
because the legacy, the media they watch is not covering it. So they're not listening to the people I'm listening to. So they're not hearing the facts and the information. All they hear is the CNN headline, which says, you know, a seven second little bite. And then they go on to something bad about Trump. Uh, because that's all they can do. And, and to but be see, so fixated on that, I don't get it. But see, and that's the thing, though. This is where CNN screwed up, though, because they were super credible at one point. But the problem is they tripled down on trying to get Trump out of there. And like I said, this is not me like going on a whole thing, but it's like there's a organization called Project Veritas who went in there and has like 10 hours of newsroom, like morning meeting of plus the the president of CNN, like discussing there's 10 hours at least discussing how they're going to take him down, whether you're pro Trump or not. Like, I really don't care because it's like, but my whole thing is it's like that should baffle people. A, B, it's like start asking questions like this should spark the conversations because like trying to explain stuff to people is just you're wasting your breath, right? Because right. I can already hear it now. Like, oh, Project Veritas, that's conservative. It's like, listen, like he is covering this stuff. It's like hidden camera stuff. Just like back in the day, 60 Minutes used to do this type of stuff. But it's like, regardless of what side you're on, always ask the questions and do your, like to be a reporter, like all you need to know is how to ask questions, who, what, when, where, why, how, right? So it's like, just- They won't, but people won't even ask the questions anymore. They're talking on this, on this, um, Jordan Peterson, the the COVID thing is, um, they're saying this scientist wrote a book and he wants to know how it originated. Like, was it a lab or was it um, in the market? And he says, and now that's become, if you believe it was in a lab, you're conservative. If you believe it was in the market, then you're a liberal. And he goes, that's not even the point. He goes, I'm neither one. He says, the point is we need to know where it originated because then we can stop it from happening again or understand what happened. He says, but we've lost that. And now all people are doing is are putting you in a box and go, you have no credibility because you must be this or you must be that. Rather than a journalist in the old days, you asked every question and even ones that you didn't I remember being in Eugene and I had to go cover a neo-Nazi rally. And my boss said, I, I mean, I think they're disgusting what their beliefs are and everything. But she said, you got to be fair. So I had to go talk to them. And then I talked to some people who were protesting them. And I had to put together a fair story. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be fair, but it was my profession and my job to be fair. Well, that is just gone. I mean, there gone. is- Gone. Long is, gone. There, it, you don't, I mean, I watch stuff and I, and I even see some of my former reporter friends um, who are on my Facebook sticking up for this stuff. And I'm going, how can you, as a former journalist, not look at that? And, and that's what's scary to me is that you can paint um, somebody or a situation like COVID. If somebody says, I think we need to ask more questions about this. Okay, you're a denier. And same yep. with climate change. You, you, you know, want you want people you want people to die like people are on ventilators. Right. But did you know like and the, that's what that's what actually now killed people. I mean, and if we'd asked more questions, and if the media would have asked the questions and put out and not not tempered them with what they thought was right, maybe more people wouldn't have died because we would have figured out sooner. Are these really working? Is this a good thing? When did we become? Remember when you're growing up, your parents would say, "There's no such thing as a bad question." Well, that's gone. I mean, now it's like if you don't ask the politically the right question and with the right pronoun, then, don't even get me started on that. Then, then you're gone. 
And so I, you know, somebody asked me the other day, do you think media can recover from this? I think, no. I don't think so. I don't think no it can. way. No Nobody's way. Nobody's going to trust them again. And that's what I'm saying. I always think of it like a relationship. It's like, what if your spouse, right? Lied to you about, like, let's just say your wife was like, my name, my real name's Jill and I'm like 10 years older than she is. Right. And you've known her for so long, you would feel betrayed. Right. Right. And it takes a long time for a simple lie like that. But we are talking like huge lies and whether it's, but that's the thing though, like, and that's what part of my deeper purpose is. Cause if people listen to the way I talk, they, I don't, I just have questions about everything because with COVID the one story I did not see and for maybe, I don't know if you knew this, but I heard that hospitals were profiting if they diagnosed somebody dying. I oh, can't yeah. remember. It was with money. COVID. For, do you know how much money they got? So Four, hold, on, hold on, hold on. $40,000. Yeah. And I heard the story once on a, on a Fox station here in Atlanta. So people who don't know local news, Fox and like Fox, Fox, a national completely different. Yeah. One story, but 40 G's for to, for them to check a box like this, per, that and it, it died and it literally, right. I never, I heard it once and it was like gone. It was like, how is like, there is some serious money being like tossed around here. Where, what is going on? nothing and i was just like oh my gosh well that's because you are you're a former reporter so you're thinking like a reporter and asking questions because wouldn't you like okay so um um thomas let's let's, let's give you i'm going to give you twenty thousand dollars um if if this is the situation and you only get you know five thousand if it's this situation the person's dead so Everybody else is doing it. Um, you're being the hospitals having a hard time because they don't have any money coming in because people are too afraid. That's what I, I found that there's so many ironies too. So then, then the hospitals like what six months later are going, we need people to come back to the hospital. Well, you scared the shit out of them. So that's why they're not there anymore. So guess what? You did this. And plus you made so much money off of these people. The first guy who died of, of the first person who died in Lane County, where you and I used to work of COVID didn't die of COVID. He died with COVID. With COVID. There's he had a huge heart attack. And then he died and he had COVID in him. And and that but that went out as the first COVID death. And it wasn't until months later that that was learned. But guess what? The COVID crusaders don't give a damn. They don't care. It's because you are a I had I used to have people write me on on my page and they'd say, how does it feel to know that you killed somebody? So I, my answer, Thomas, <laughs> I used to say, you know, I I thought it would, I thought I'd feel bad, but I do, I really don't mm-hmm. because it's all horse crap. You know it what is. I mean? And, it, yeah. and it's like that's it. But the media propagated that, and they didn't go ask questions, which is their job. They should be the brave ones to go in and say, why do you get forty thousand dollars for per patient? And, and where then, does that money get split up? And, and and isn't that a conflict of interest when you're you're banking off it to for you to put it and and are people being put on? But if you even asked those questions, you were censored. I had Facebook shut me down three times because of things like that that I'd ask, and all of a sudden I'd get put in Facebook jail for three days. 
and and I couldn't go on there. And then people would come on and say, well, censorship, and there's still a bunch of my regressive, I don't call people progressive because I don't see what, I don't see much progress coming from progressives. So I call them regressives, but my regressive audience, you know, I, I, I ask them all the time, are you even checking into this stuff? And it doesn't matter. They don't have to because they don't want to. And, and how now do they turn around and say the media and all of them say we were wrong? Because there's more and more evidence coming out that they were wrong. And even if they weren't, you didn't do your damn job. You were supposed yep. to ask and cover both sides. So you should have been asking both questions. Yeah. And to be crystal clear, because out of that whole diatribe that you and I both just went on, I could easily people saying conservatives, Trumpers, like cancel this podcast. Well, I could see it now. But I'm just saying, like, let's just hold on for a second. Like, just question that for a second. Like, first of all, is that true? So it's like, if somebody really wanted to dig, you call the hospital, be like, hey, hospitals have what's called a public information officer, PIO. Call them, tell me you're an independent journalist covering the story. Start asking questions. And it's like, even okay, let's just say you start like getting hang up. No one's calling you back, but it's like, okay, that's when you need to dig a little deeper. But it's just like, think logically, like, if right. they're getting 40 grand, like where's the money going? Who's getting it? Are these doctors getting like spiffs? Like if Would your you incentive be- was to get like a percent, half a quarter of that world, you're talking tons of money and it was not covered. <laughs> what? What, if, what, if, what if like, well, and let's, let's go to back to the television thing. So I remember car dealers, were the biggest um, money supplier for television stations for years. Mm-hmm. Um, they made, I mean, you didn't touch the car station. So I remember going and trying to do a story because somebody said that one car dealer was selling lemons and we went to do the story and they dumped how many hundreds of thousands of dollars into that TV station. And guess what? That story never aired. Yep. So that's the same thing. So you're getting all this money. <clears throat> that story doesn't air. Why? What's the what's going on here? Something's not right. So hospitals are getting all this money. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Nothing. nothing to do with Joe Biden. What this has to do with is here's a story. I have a question, but the culture will not allow me to ask the question without pointing a finger and saying, you're a Trumper, you're a conservative. You're racist, bigot, xenophobic. You want to kill people and, and that kind of stuff. And that's what we as I think podcasters um have to do and i think that's the like the people you train and you teach um man find your purpose find the reason you want to do this and and now you have a platform and are you going to take a stand for what you believe are you going to provide conversation what are you going to do are you going to ask those questions or are you just going to be a mediocre podcast person who sits and, and lets people walk on you um, yeah. And they can't control us because I mean, well, they you know. can sit, they can, cause dude, I already know posting this on YouTube, like it. Oh yeah. They throttle me. Um, but here's, here's a little, I get throttled all the time um, on stuff. And, but the, the key is there's a little tip for your people. Um, don't write anything in the lead into the story that tells any of this. Yeah. So I had a great example. I did a story, a show on Monday night, and I'd be, I was just on it, you know? And but it was, but my show that night was, hey, this is your voice. You ask me the questions. I got a couple things I want to talk about, but let's have a conversation. That's all I said. 
I had a story two a week and a half ago with the timber industry talking about the best way to affect climate change is to plant more trees because trees are carbon sequesters and cleaning up the forest. Well, I put that in the lead and they wouldn't bump, they wouldn't boost it. They wouldn't let me pay them to boost it. But this story, yes, on Monday was littered with, you know, Facebook sucks. And I mean, I was going on and on and on. And, <laughs> and I mean, and they passed it. They let me boost it. Yep. So you learn how to play the game. And I like a lot of times when I'm talking about stuff, I talk about Uncle Joe rather than an actual position. And I talk about the dark time rather than the P word because those all pick up. They yeah. I use I use numbers. I call them 45 or 46, right? Yeah. Well, what's fun is if you do that as a podcaster and you learn how to do that, my audience loves it because they, they feel like they're in on a joke. Mm. Like, okay, it's the dark time. Oh, you guys know what that means, right? Mm. You know, And you you play around with it. But isn't it sad that we live in a, in a country that used to have freedom of speech, but now to even question or bring up another topic or say, here's John. another idea. The only people who get away with it are Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, yep, um, some of those big people because they have a big enough audience that they're worth something and they're not going to shut them up. But I'll tell you what, it does affect people like me too. Cause I, I'm, you know, I, because he's doing that, I'm getting away with a lot more than I ever could before because yeah. they, they can't. And then you see what's happening now with Twitter. I, I can only hope and pray that what Elon's doing. I hope is, they bust that wide open. Yep. And I hope it falls on Facebook's butt and on Instagram so that they have to be fair. If they want to be publishers, then let them abide by the same rules as television stations. But if they don't, then, then they have to open that forum up. And these people come on, and I, I love when all these Hollywood stars are leaving Twitter. Like, first of all, you're someone who acts like someone. So you don't, that's your job is to act. How do you know any more than the guy who, who works on my car tires or the guy that pumps my car with gas if I lived in Oregon um, or me, a podcaster? You don't know any more than I do. Yep. And you're, you're virtue signaling because you're going to leave. And then I, some, somebody came on my page and I said, why do they leave? Why do they leave? Because it's a hate forum now. What? It's hate because it doesn't agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think definition. Dave. Yeah. And it's just, I, and it's like almost like a puppet thing. It's so weird because I used to be so ingrained into pop culture. Now it just makes me want to vomit because it's like, it's just so slanted. And I think Dave Chappelle made a joke one time. I can't remember the travesty. I don't, I want to say it was nine 11, but Dave Chappelle, he's like acting like, you know, he's on CNN. He's like, yeah, he's like, this just happened. Da, 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 da. We got jaw rule on the line. Jaw what do you think about what just happened? It's like, what? what? Like, who cares, man? Like, what are you talking about? J J J like the world is just, oh my God, Jarl's here to tell us what's going on. Like, nah, nah. I don't <laughs> What's so weird about it too, um, Thomas, is that people, um, they just, we've lost our ability to laugh at ourselves, you know? And look what happened to Chappelle when he gets up and he, and he starts attacking all this stuff. And he's just pointing out, he's, he, he is really a comedic journalist. So he's asking, he's with comedy stating a question and getting people to, 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 to think differently. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like the world became zombies for two and a half to three years. And I think there's still people living in that, that fear. And I can't do that. I mean, I think I you, have, 
You have to, and you know what? We may all probably be a little bit wrong on what we believe or what we thought happened, but at least we asked a question. We didn't turn to people. I had people who were dear friends of mine who just turned, you can't ask that. What? There's Why nothing, not? Yeah. There's nothing I can't ask. I mean, how can you say that? And they buy it. Rick, if you would just do what they say, we'll get over this. Yeah, you know what? That's the definition of tyranny. And I'm not going to just do what they say without asking a question, you know, and, um, and and I'm not. And then as soon as you say anything, then you're anti-max. And Man, I'm like, I'm not anti-mask. I have, I have a mask in my truck. Not now, but during the pan, during what it was going on. Mm. How, how can that be anti-mask? Maybe I think they're stupid, but I still am wearing it for your benefit because not because I think I'm protecting you, but because you, you need me to do this. And yeah. that's what we're, so that's what I do. And, you know, it's, it is interesting, but I think in terms of journalism, I think um, it's, uh, that's, what's exciting. I think to me about what you're doing is teaching people to, to, cause, cause there's, you know, what there's going to be a dig. People. And well, that's the thing. And, people and like you said, to your school, and then mm -hmm. two of them are going to be the ones that are going to set the world on fire and go out and ask, you know, there's a Jordan Peterson out there. There's a, there's a Joe Rogan out there. Another one. They're not the only people who can do this. It's just finding how you, but but if you stop asking questions, um, you, you're you're going to be nothing. You'll be like like a a, a limp dish rag. I mean, nobody's going to pay attention to you. Yeah, and that's like, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't care what people like. Like, kind of like you said, like there's going to be people wrong on both sides. But it's like if you've got the proof, like. Project, so Project Veritas, I think people would argue he's more conservative. But what's to stop somebody from doing the same thing for the left and start pinning conservatives to the wall? Look, these and that's the funny thing. Somebody on uh, TikTok made a great analogy. If you put black ants and red ants in a jar together, they can coexist. They'll be fine. Whatever. Somebody comes along and shakes that jar they'll kill each other. Right. So it's like, we got to pay attention to the person shaking the jar. And what I'm saying is like, just, you just follow first, follow the money. Let's just follow the money. And I guarantee you, we pin them all to the wall, right, left. And then we could like, that's why that's part of my deeper purpose. Cause that the, it's the bridge, like take right. a podcast. You could literally start a podcast called follow the money right. and you take conservatives go after the liberals liberals go after the conservatives we'll meet in the middle and share notes right. and see what happens <laughs> well it's like the lady on my page last night that came in and said um you know uh, donald trump is a liar and i said i agree but so is joe biden and if you knew what was going on right now, he just lied to us for years that he had nothing to do with his son's business and China and the Ukraine. And he did. And you, but you, all you can, you're so fixated on one because Donald Trump is the worst thing that ever happened in the world. Well, guess what? While you're sitting here so hyper-focused on him, your president is getting away with murder. <laughs> Literally, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. but that's the and, thing. It, but it, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go for it. No, you didn't. Oh, I was just going to say, but that's the thing. If there was stuff on 45, like it's like pin these people to the wall. Like, what right. are we doing? 
Right. And the worst that the worst where I just like, you know, it's so sad is like I used to I was so naive when I started because I remember I did a story about fracking in Colorado because that's a huge issue. And I only covered one side and the one anchor. She was like, we could get sued for this. Like, you can't right. do this. And I was like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Um, and people were like you know, your media sucks. It's biased. I'm like, no, it's not. And then when I went to Oregon, I covered like a gun rally and everyone was walking around with like loaded AR 15s that I was, I was a little scared, but I was like, after, you know, the police are there and everything like that. Like everyone, you know, if CNN had been there or just any, you know, they'd be like, Oh my God, they're going to shoot us all. It's like, nah, but it's just weird being in certain places when they don't show. Cause it like, I could easily see how you could spin something to make it look bad. But once you speak to both sides, like, yeah, they were both upset, but it was actually quite a peaceful area. But what really scared me and what story that broke, and I thought that everyone was going to come together on and this divide was going to be gone, was Epstein. I was like, oh my God, this, I mean, and then it went the way it went. And I was just like jaw to the floor. When that anchor, was she on ABC or something? They had been, the media, that story had been buried for two to three years and no one said a word. You're talking about journalists who get, who at that level get paid high hundreds, if not millions of dollars, know for a fact that that story was going and they didn't say a word. So a couple things, like if you're going to ask questions, it's like, were the anchors being paid? Were the reporters getting paid off? I have heard stories, bags of cash backdoored to reporters and anchors, or just like exclusive interviews of something else to talk about this, to take away from that, like sleight of hand type stuff. But it just made me sick because that is the one story everybody could agree on that was so wrong. And- Mm -hmm. And then they turn around and the next story they're reporting on is Me Too. Yep. And the rights of women. Um, it's, it's another thing with, with you know, the, the, the hypocrisy of cli- like with climate change. I, I'm not a climate denier, but I was listening to Jordan Peterson talking about that. The, the, one of the best things you can do for climate change is to get people out of poverty. Because when people are in poverty, they cut down their trees, they burn stove, wood stoves, they, you know, they'll do whatever they have to to stay warm. If they're out of poverty, they start, studies show they start caring more because they can. Right now they're in survival mode. So you got all these millions of people around the world who, who are too poor. So if we really wanted to change climate change, it's not going to be recycling. It's not going to be, it's not going to be not cutting in the forest because that creates more, more carbon in the air. It's going to be in, in lifting up impoverished people because then they're going to care more about it. But why don't the climate folks focus on that instead of shutting down timber sales, stopping fracking? stop coal production because they don't understand coal is what makes electricity, which is going to be what fuels their car that they just bought. And then they don't like mining either, but that palladium that goes into that lithium and that, and that motor, that battery came from Montana somewhere in a mine. They have to be able to mine it. It's like, do your freaking homework and understand mm-hmm. what you're talking about. And that if you had journalists and people on podcasts asking those kind of questions and making those analogies for people so they can go, well, that is kind of weird, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I think, and that's the thing I don't like with the client. It's with climate change. I'm still really not sure, but it's like, and and I've had people say, well, it's like you give all this advice and tell people what to do. Why don't you do it? It's because like, you're not paying me to go do that, dude. Like if you're passionate about climate change, go, go talk to, if I had to get, if you were like, go cover a story about climate change, be like, okay, I know nothing about this. So I need to go figure out who I got to talk to, find experts and start talking to about, you know, I'd probably talk about three of them. And if they gave the same response, I'd be like, well, do you have any colleagues who feel like the opposite way? And well, like, see, oh, they, or they could go co- talk to an expert or some climate change people who uh-huh. are, or scientists then, or what? And then go to a forest, go to the forest, the timber people. Yeah. And then go to, go to fisheries managers and then go to wildlife managers and then go to cattle ranchers. You know, that now there's this whole move to stop cattle ranching because of their methane from their, from their shit. It's like, well, you know, what are you going to do? Give them a diaper, like a cattle diaper. And then, um, but, but it's asking those questions and seeing the inconsistencies and then talking about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that if people are sitting there watching this going, where's my future in podcasting? If, if you be your own journalist, you know, and, and don't go in there like you and I could it with an idea of what the story was going to be and how it was going to come out. And instead, let the people tell you the information and make the story represent what it is, not what you want it to be. And yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. It's very possible. Yeah. And it's just like, and if something just, I, I always try to think, because I... I don't like the whole right left thing. I just don't even want to call myself an independent. It's just like think and it's like if it looks like crap and smells like crap, sums off. But see, that's the problem, though, too, is like nothing. All these talking heads are saying I don't believe a word they are saying. So it's like that's what I'm saying. Whatever you're passionate about, even I meant to say when you, you know, when you're talking about your newsroom uh, with that one girl being pro-life and pro-choice, which are two, like the fact that people have such like a surface level conversation. It's like, well, if you have one, it's other, but it's kind of complicated. It's like, okay, well let's figure out like, that would be a good story of like, or a good podcast with both like comparing notes. Right. right? right. So it's like, okay, well how did, how did it start? Because I've, I haven't done a huge deep dive, but like, with like Planned Parenthood, it's like, who was it started by? Right. Okay. And then it's like, what, try and find them and go after them. Like why you truly started it and then start. Okay. Well, do you guys have data as far as like, who's coming in here? How many people are coming in here? Like, I didn't even know, like, you just got to educate yourself. Like, is it a trimester thing? Is it like, uh, the third trimester, like what's going on? And it's like, what these videos that these people show, I'm sure they're horrific, but it's like, it's not that easy. It's just not a con like, it's, I don't know. I feel people, with such complicated stuff, I think it's just people are so quick to be like, it's one or the other when it's one of those, uh, but what if something happened to, what if she was assaulted? And it's like, right. Uh, like it's just, it's, it's a cluster man. And then I, and I mean, people, Oh, so passionate. Right. And, and, you know, I remember I had a news director and he came in and he was a super liberal guy. I, I loved him. He was a great guy, but he was a practical guy. And he said, okay, from now on, we're not calling them pro-life or pro-choice because those are just terms they want you to say. We're going to call people either. The issue's not about choice. It's not about life. It's about abortion. So he says you call them pro-abortion or anti-abortion. And you should have seen the newsroom. 
they had the hardest time with that. They would they would do anything they could to talk around it so they didn't have to say those words because they it wasn't so much the anti-abortion people, but the pro the, what we used to call pro-choice, which would be pro-abortion. Well, I'm not pro-abortion. I think it should only be done. Well, he's taking it down to the, the gut, gut level is you either are okay with abortion or you're not okay with abortion. And they, and oh my God, the newsroom came, they, they just came unglued. It was so fun watching people because they didn't, because that's the truth. That's what it really is about. It's, this isn't about choice. It's not about life. It's about, it's about, abortion and it's about either you support it and that can be sometimes or never or all the time or you don't support it i mean that's mm-hmm. that's the way it looks so and, and i mean there's so many other stories and what's also sickening is some like racy stories with and i don't want to go down this but but it's just the george floyd thing yeah. like when that first happened shock wave through and i'm just like holy crap but even then as a journalist i'd be like okay try to talk to, like I said, I I still don't know why body, I don't know why, I don't know why body cam footage isn't readily available for everybody. So everyone can see what happened from start to finish because people see in sections, it's like, okay, what led up to this? And let's figure out what happened. Everyone's like race, race, race. It's like, okay, well, what happened to get from point A to point B? And then the whole shockwave went through. And then I think it was like three months later, all this other footage started trickling in that the police officers were being cordial with him and that uh, like in court, I think it was like they tried to like uh, put his friend on the stand who his drug dealing friend on the stand of right. how or for his fentanyl dealers or whatever. And they wouldn't do it because it would compromise the case. It's like. I want to get to the bottom of this. Like I would talk to the police, like, was this illegal? Talk to the lawyers. Like, have you seen this? Is there multiple cases, especially in that area? Find out his past. Like, does he have like all these convictions of like just brutality or just whatever? Because what I think what a lot of people don't know, and I learned this too, is with police, they can hop county to county. So let's just say they screwed up and beat the hell out of somebody, got fired. Well, they go to the next county over. Right, they do it right. again. They move, so it's like it's you get it's like you've got to figure out where you got to go down that rabbit hole on both sides and not but everyone's so fixated on one thing. It's like, "Okay, let's just hold on well, one second and just pick this thing apart." And the media chooses the message. Mm-hmm. So they pick the message of what it's going to be because um, you know, I, I was talking to some of my audience the other night and I was saying, okay, so we just had another shooting. Um, people were, you know, so now the gun rights, the gun anti-gun people come out and say, we got to stop guns because actually um, just for people's information, guns don't really kill people. Um, people have to use a gun to kill someone because it's an inanimate object. Um, but all we do is focus on that gun and not the person and why they did that. But then we had the stabbing up in Idaho where four teenage, four college students were stabbed to death. So where's the cry to get rid of knives? I didn't hear that. So our, our knives kill. And then there was a guy who ran his truck through a plate glass window to kill people in a store, killed a lady. So we should stop using trucks because trucks kill. 
and knives kill, if we're going to see that that logic, that doesn't matter. It's not the narrative. So it's all about stopping guns. It's not about stopping the reason people are killing or the mental parts of this thing. It's all about focusing on that weapon. And since it's not a gun, it's a knife. Those people don't count. I mean, that kind of that kind of stuff it just it's it, it just blows me away that people can't look at it and see it and go yeah that's really inconsistent you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like being a, a a pro-life person if somebody's pro-life but they support capital punishment <laughs> yeah <laughs> how, and, uh, how consistent is that so it's oh i see it's okay to kill you know somebody who's older but because it's not about life um, it's about circumstance. So there, there's a difference. They're, they're picking a difference on that. But that, that, that's one of my favorite ones is the inconsistency because you don't find many people who are pro or anti-abortion who are anti-capital punishment. Usually they think it's okay to kill, you know, and I don't. I think you should just leave, let them rot in, in prison. Um, but, but it's not your choice to take someone's life. And that's just me. But I learned that from a politician. He was Mark Hatfield in Oregon. He, he was totally and he was also he was so supportive of um, life, so pro-life that he was against war. Um, he was against anything that took he was against poverty because poverty kills more people than guns ever kill um, in, in our in our lifetime. So we should be fighting if we really are consistent and we believe these things. Why are we only one issue about babies? Um, yeah. And that's the thing. And that's my point. Like, I'm not, this isn't like, we're not debating, you know, like whether, however, what lens you look through, right. Cause, uh, cause you and I agree on just about everything you just said, but it's like, let's just say you didn't right before you right. start labeling and all this stuff. It's like, okay, go start asking, talk to more people. Right. Like, I think if more like the politics thing, like I think more people who support 45, go talk to more 46 because what I've noticed is just it's like these algorithms on social media all project like the smallest percent of both sides and it just seems like we're just at each other's throats. But it's like I covered a uh, 45 rally on Sunset Boulevard and I was scared out of my mind. I was like, oh man, we are going to get shot. And I was like, okay, but it, it honestly... We had some conversation with some people and it really was not that bad. And that's the thing. But the funny thing is about video and stuff, you can make things look 10 times worse. There was a, uh, it was, and I know, I mean, we are talking about everything controversial here, but when January 6th happened, I'm at the gym and they ran into a guy because it's like, you see what's on the news and then you see what's on social. And it's like, God, I wish I could cover it because I want to cover both. I want to figure out what happened because there's so many theories just floating around. But I saw like people prior to it, like singing Kumbaya. It was like this Christian concert thing. And then people started like reporters were out there like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's happening? What's happening? Are you guys scared? Are you guys scared? He puts the mic in the guy's face. He's like, God, what are you talking about? We're fine. So what it reminded me and I (laughs) it's like all they'd have to do is show a crowd running. Right. And just imagine that them, the CNN or whoever's covering Fox, whatever, is just showing the camera, that big camera. I just see the the reporter going like this, you know, and just shaking the camera. Like you can't, unless you're watching this, you can't see, but it's like acting like I'm shaking the camera to make it seem like it is. But it's like, there's so many people with so much cell phone footage. Like if we could just, everyone just pump the brakes for a second and figure out who these people are and what happened because these 
people who are covering it, these talking heads, I don't, no one trusts them on either side. So it's right. like, well, remember, do you remember when we used to go to a protest in Eugene, <laughs> you get there yeah. as soon as they, I remember being there early once and I didn't have a photographer with me yet. And I was just sitting across the street and nobody saw me over there. Everybody was calm and happy and doing, you know, just chatting and blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as the camera showed up, they all start screaming and yelling and doing this. It was, it was a performance. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, you know, so, so really and that, that fueled it. And, and of course, then the, the newsroom was going crazy. Oh yeah. Get a close up, get a close up mm-hmm. uh, because that's what sells. And that's what, and, and what people have to understand is that's a business. And I think people are starting to get that, that it is a business and it thrives on ratings. And right now the ratings are going in the toilet and, and, and let's just face it, all those anchor people and folks we used to work with, their whole livelihood is based on numbers that are falling and they have to do something to get more interest rather than doing searching out and looking for the truth, which is what people want. They take the easy way because they don't have staff now to do the job and they don't have the crews and they have, you know, you know, somebody was telling me the registered guard in Eugene is like, you know, there's interns that are basically writing and, and the paper's just going downhill and, you know, of course, my liberal friends are writing on the Facebook, oh, this is horrible. And I'm going, that paper's been going downhill for years. You just didn't know it. The papers yeah. that are surviving, the newspapers that are surviving are the small town papers that are still telling people and still accountable to their community to tell them what's going on and leave the shit behind, you know? Do you remember having, like, if a news company had to print a, re- is it a retraction or they had to, like, say... It- that used to be a huge deal if somebody's like, oh my God, they printed a retract. I mean, right now it's like, if it bleeds, it leads. Like, it need, we got to get need. there. We got to get there first and cover it. And it's like, as long as we're there first, we can cover it later. But it is just so out of hand and it's, it's sad. A, I bet there hasn't been a retraction in the last four years. <laughs> or it, it, they do it just so they can be like, hey, we printed yeah. this like 10 days later after the fact. That's what I'm saying. With all these controversial things that we're talking about, it's like actually start like and also like there like look up. But it, I, I don't think people know like there's like 10 search engines. Right. And they're all owned by certain corporations. But it's like. Find out who owns CNN. Go down that rabbit hole. Find out who owns Fox. And it's like, oh, this person. It's like, okay, Google that person. And you start going down that rabbit hole. It's like following the money. Like these politicians. This is what drives me crazy. I mean, that what's that phrase? Like, oh, he's as crooked as a politician. That has been around before my time. Like people know that politicians are full of crap. So I don't understand. It's like pin these people to the wall. They give you the ammo right now in Georgia. This whole Herschel Walker, uh, Warnock thing is like, they are both. Wait, you're in Georgia. You're in Atlanta. You're in Georgia, are you? Yeah, dude. They are both. They are both like. Don't have the best pass, but it's like, okay, on opposite sides, go after and figure out, try and get an interview with his wife and figure out what happened. Warnock, same thing. It's like you go down there and it's like expose these people. It's like, why why are these people in charge of stuff? It just blows my mind. So when you're on my show in a little bit, which you probably better wrap this up. Yeah. um, yeah. When you're on my show, I want to talk to you about that off the bat. What's the mood in, in Georgia 
How are things going? What is people thinking? That kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, it's not, man, you don't have to do it here, but I want to do it on my, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to say, man. Cause it's, Oh, it, this, this just goes back to the lesser of two evil type things. It's just, yeah. But there, I wish I got paid. Like if somebody was paying me like a ton of money, I would love to go down that rabbit hole and figure out like, both sides of that and just go go after Herschel and go after Warnock and really figure out and it's like why are we you know it's funny when people with politicians like they're like oh we're for the people when's I don't know anybody who has like written a letter to a congressperson where they're like write your senators where where's that going where's that letter going I guarantee you an intern throws it in the trash if I wanted to go to Stacey Abrams door and knock on it for an interview. You think I'm going to get it? Hell no. Like same yeah. with Herschel. Like it just, you, they don't do it. So it's like, okay, you're not going to answer an independent journalist questions. It's like, so that almost makes me want to dig even harder because it's like, what are you hiding? Well, I know that Senator Mark Hatfield in Oregon, this is years ago, but he used to, a letter would come in, an intern had to open it, and, and they had to write them back and tell them that this was going to the senator and he would see it and he would look at all those letters and they would address those things. Um, but that was 30 years ago because that's and, and that was him. He was a statesman. He was a guy who was like, I truly represent the people. But, there, you know, there's not a lot of that going on anymore. You know, they, no. all, they all used to get along, too. You know what I mean? Like not all of them. But yeah, I remember he served on the Ways and Means Committee. And when the Republicans were in charge, he would be the chairman. And then when it switched over to that, when Daniel Daniel Inouye, who was from Hawaii, was the chairman, and nothing changed. They were dear friends, and everything just was a smooth transition. It wasn't this big power play. It was like we got to keep government moving. We got to keep the money coming. Get so they would, and they worked together. But now it's like ah. But that's like, and that's the thing. I just wish everyone would just chill out and it's like, just start questioning these people. Like, and I'm, I'm not picking well, that's on why Stacey. You're, that's why you're training people to do what you do. Well, well, that, and ask those questions, whether it's in your, your little community of, you know, Deer Lodge or wherever somebody lives, or whether it's in a, on a, on a major scale, like a Joe Rogan, if they're coming in and have the basic training, they don't need all the bells and whistles. All they knew is that is an inquisitive mind and the ability to ask really good questions and and don't be afraid, you know, to ask a question. If you get a question, it comes up and you think, I don't know if I should ask it. To me, that's like you that's better you ask better ask. ask. <laughs> and that's the thing. And they give you the ammo. They on all of these smear campaigns. Right. And I'm not picking on Abrams. I'm not picking on Herschel and Warnock, but it's like you see them all the time. It's like write them all down. And start show, dude. I almost want to do an example of like showing up, just showing up and hi, I'm Thomas Jordan. I'm an independent journalist. How are you? Cool. Uh, does Herschel have time for like a 10 minute interview that, you know, we just want to clear this up there. The Warnock saying he did this to his wife and he held a gut and like went into all these details. It's like, let's just, can we just knock this out real quick? I just need 10. I just need 10 minutes. Go to Warnock. Same thing. Herschel saying this, da, 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 da. and you can tell. These people are like politicians. They're real. I'll be honest. I actually love talking to politicians because they speak in sound bites and make your job 10 times easier. 
But that being said, I'm just saying it's like we should be able to knock on their door and just, hey, we want to set up an appointment because right. if you're running stuff and our money is going to you and you're speaking for us, like you, you better, we got questions, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we could, we, we could keep going, Rick, but I know Thank we got to wrap for, this up. Well, thanks for having me on. I think that was really fun. Was, I'm going to get... I'm going to get canceled. Therapy. We talked. Yeah, we, it is therapy. We, I'm going to get canceled now. Cause we talked about every controversial. No. Thing so we what your lead think. is, I just talked to a former news anchor about, you know, things going on, current events. And, um, I bet they won't even say a word. Mm. They're going to bring this up 10 years from now and be like, he said, can you believe he, he, he said this about guns? He must be pro Trump. It's like, oh my God. Like, I, and I, just, to be, I can't I just, believe, go ahead. I just sorry. Stopped, I just stopped caring. Yeah. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's so bad that it just doesn't do any good. And you can't convince them. I had people come on the other day and he said, you're a shrill. And what else did they call me? Um, a bunch of stuff. And I said, sounds like you're having a bad day. And but then that just, that just makes them matter. Then they write back and, and they say nasty things. But hey, man, I, it's 20 after. I got to go get my program started. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'll see you soon. Because I have where all these can, things where, I have to. I where have can to people find it. you real quick? Where can people find you? Oh, um, you can go just on online. It's rickdancer.com. And all my shows air on there as well. I'm on Facebook. It's Get Real with Rick Dancer. Um, what would Rick Dancer think of this? Um, there's a bunch of different pages, but they could, um, the main ones are Get Real with Rick Dancer and my website is rickdancer.com. So yeah, come over, enjoy the conversation. And if you disagree with me, please come over. But 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 we do respect kindness. Um, and if people become smart asses, um, I'm really well-versed in the art of smart assery. So um, I, will, I will challenge you. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like picking a fight with like a comedian, right? A heckler. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah. boy. But. No. Yeah, hecklers are my, I love them. <laughs> all right. I'll awesome. see you. I'll see you in a little bit. Yeah. All right. See you, buddy.